I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour. A forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. And yes, indeed, we're back at it. If you happen to have a real estate-related question, we welcome yours by phone and by text, as usual. Before we say hi to Chris and Andy, let me give you the numbers. 651-989-9226. And you can send in your text real estate question at 81807, 81807. Chris and Andy, good morning. Nice to see you again. You good too. Morning. Yeah. Nice day. Well, Andy, Andy and I have actually spent two hours together already this morning. Yeah. Is we that, got nothing left. We're uh, <laughs> run the commercials, you, right? You did the show without doing the show, in other words. You expended. Yeah. I well, don't think they would have listened to our conversation, though. It wasn't that good. So well, I think I think actually we do have good conversations. We just don't realize it because we're so into it every day. It's it's kind of like our it's ingrained into us. But it's um, those little microphones. It might be a good podcast opportunity there where we start yeah. talking yeah, about some of the. You, you know, I mean, we're not afraid to insult it, you know, or, or, or look at it or revisit something like you know everything from, you know, how you're doing business to what you're doing for practices to who you're dealing with and who you want to deal with. Um, and it's it's okay to sometimes revisit all that. I mean, in any business, and I think that that's a uh, in in our industry, at least real estate. You know, we're seeing a lot of people saying we're seeing a shift or we're seeing a a change. And it's like, I think what it is is it's it's just you really have to demonstrate your value position to a consumer or to your audience so that they know why to hire you. And if you don't have that value or you don't have that ability to demonstrate what you're good at or why they need to work with you, I think that a lot of agents will struggle in the next couple of years. Well, and today there's so many options for people to be able to go at and there's advertising of, you know, you don't have to pay nothing and you got to pay something or we'll buy it. And there's all this other stuff. So, yeah, yeah. if you don't if you can't show value, I mean, you shouldn't get paid. I mean, you really shouldn't. Right. But I think what's interesting, I don't know how many people know this or kind of read into it, but Andy and I are with totally separate companies. Um, he's with Remax Advantage Plus, and we're both Remax, but I'm Remax Preferred. And they are totally separate companies. What does that company. mean? Let's back up a minute. What, what is that? You're both Remax, but. Just- yeah, so a lot of times people think that, hey, that's dual agency. And what dual agency means is that your brokerage represents the buyer and the seller. Yeah. So we can't discuss price terms or motivation on either buddy's part mm-hmm. unless otherwise instructed by them. But we're both Remax. This is what's interesting. But he's Advantage Plus and I'm Preferred. 
but he could totally come into one of my listings and he would represent the buyer exclusively. Mm-hmm. And I would represent the seller, even though we're both with Remax. Huh. Remax is set up that each company is individual. We just share a lot of the same resources. Yeah, it's like going on a Subway franchise or something like that. You know, so there's oh, individual sure. owners. There's, you know, obviously, uh, you know, some of the owners have multiple locations, and so you'll see that where you're like, oh, I thought everybody here was this Remax brand, and it's not the case. So um, that's actually that's one of the things I like about Remax is that it continually brings new blood into the business as well. You know, where people that are innovator and and uh, entrepreneur are based, and they want to open up their own version of of that Remax, but they have that brand that's consistent that. Everybody's come to know and love and, and recognizes, and it, it gives you that uh, yeah, platform. A, I mean, when we share about 110,000 agents worldwide, yep. you know, so, uh, but that's what I was getting at is that the collaboration, you know, mm-hmm. we have a show together. And I mean, this started uh, actually when I used to be with the Realty House. And, uh, and mm-hmm. anyways, I, I was here before Andy was, and uh, one of the big things I wanted, I was pr- predominantly south of the river. You know, I did a lot of my my business was kind of down there. And so the thought was, is getting Andy on the show is that we would get the northern half of it, you know, and get kind of some different perspectives. Sure. As you found out, the northern is very, very different. Actually, Danny, um, it was to get listeners for Chris's show. <laughs> okay. All right, boys. Boys. Here we go again. But uh, but what I think what happens is that, I mean, you collaborate. You know, we were talking about different listings and, and looking at them and right. saying, you know what, hey, how would you market this? You know, and try to help each other out. And I think the real estate industry in a whole uh, could take a lesson from that and, and help mm-hmm. each other. We're not against each other. We have to represent our clients. But I'll tell you what, you don't have to fight against each other. No, I, I think, though, that what happens is is that we're put into a competitive environment from the day we step into this business. It's kind of like, you know, being one of these new little baby ducks out there. You got to survive. You got to figure it out fast in this business or you disappear. And as as agents enter the industry and we compete, like let's say for an example, Chris and I were up against each other on the same listing and we're we're trying to have our own proprietary angle to why that person would see us as the, the hireable choice. And so it comes down to where you almost look at each other as competition. What's nice for like having collaboration from across the city, I don't feel that sharing with Chris hurts me. I feel that sharing with Chris actually can help me, for an example, and vice versa. And then we, we're – He's hearing about like he makes fun of the North, but sometimes, you know, the 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 trends are different in the North that they are in the South. And we've talked about this, Danny, for years where there's pockets. And so, like, let's say that the North Metro has more pockets and, and we say, well, what's going on? And Chris will say, what are you talking about? Our business is crazy down here or good, you know, or vice versa, you know. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the collaboration part that we and appreciate. I, and I think it's good, too, is that we have a, a wide range. I mean, we have listings from 100000 to over $2 million, mm-hmm. you know, and so you can kind of – get all the market segments and kind of know what's happening. You know, a lot of people, what they have to do is they kind of have to wait for the reports to come out Mm -hmm. a month after it's already happened. But we can kind of see what the market trends are already doing. Um, So I think it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting. And we we kind of left our breakfast this morning saying collectively, let's put together a network of agents that want to work together for the better good of the industry and do some independent networking stuff, which I'm sure will roll out here in the next couple of weeks. I, you know what? Let's uh, we invited our listeners to call it's in or, or send a text. Yeah, let's grab uh, a caller. Cynthia is calling in from uh, Buffalo. Cynthia, what's your question or comment, please? Yes. Good morning. Thank you. Um, my question is this: If one is selling their house and they're working with an agent that they like, um, but the agent plugs their what they want into the system, and then the system tells them what houses are out there. Are they doing any real looking besides that? Because I'm finding houses that I'm not getting information on otherwise. I mean, I'm, 
I'm finding hmm. them myself by using other websites. Let me ask you a question yeah. on that. So is it like a Zillow that you're looking at? No. Okay. No, I, uh, I go for older homes like Victorian homes. Oh, sure. Historic homes. Cool. And, but there's a certain, you know, price range that I can work with. And yep. so I go to places like, you know, Circa Old Houses or Old House Dreams or oldhouses.com, and I find a lot more than what I'm getting sent by my agent. And I'm just kind of wondering why. Yeah, Why am I finding more than, than she is? It's very interesting, actually, because there is a lot of different websites out there for, for everything. I mean, mm-hmm. Victorian homes, uh, you know, rehab homes, and they have it. I mean, so those obviously go up kind of on the uh, the radar, but it's kind of one of those things that if, if there's a certain price range mm-hmm. that it's doing it, it it's it's coming up on there. So now if someone's looking for Victoria homes, Victorian homes, and they're looking for the whole metro mm-hmm. area, you know, that's that's a different thing. But typically people are looking more towards um, – I don't know. I, I guess more towards area and price range. Yeah. And then if it fits in there, they're doing it. But I think the other thing is, is that what you got to watch out for because I mean, it's an interesting yeah. call because I'm I'm dealing with one of these. This could right be a now. whole show, actually. Yeah. And uh, there's there's other benefits sometimes with these homes that might mm-hmm. be um, more beneficial to the end sale price in, in the end. And uh, and why you say that is that maybe there's um, something that's um, kind of pushing it to a, a price range. It's kind of like on the lake. So if you're on the lake mm-hmm. and you have a house that's kind of got a level lot, you know, and you might have more than 50 feet, that house is not only just the house, it's actually a teardown possibility, mm-hmm. you know, and then having the teardown possibility might end up getting you more money in the end, you know, to be right. able to do that. So, options, yeah. yeah. And so how you market that, but you don't go, you don't go uh, to teardown on the lake.com, but you got to, you got to right. kind of stress that in the, well, um, let me let me jump in answer. on that quickly too. I think that there's there's software glitches that she's probably experiencing as well, where like for an example on the real estate the uh, the MLS system and the MLS syndicates out to all these different websites. When we put a house pending inspection or pending whatever, it still shows active on ninety percent of the websites that are out there. Zillow, you know, all the big brokerages that are out there. You go to their individual apps, it still shows active. So when you're not on the actual MLS feed from your agent that's being emailed, it's not as accurate. As so, I would say when you're when you're looking at shopping apps, it's really fun. You look, you look, you look. When you're ready to become a buyer and you're using a real estate agent, you need to plug into the Northstar MLS system where you work with just their feed because that feed is the most accurate and it's not trying to get you to click on stuff. It's actually providing you the information because the real estate agent wants you to get it. You know, and the also thing I think I think with marketing too, um, Denny, is that. You got to go to where the most marketing is. I mean, you can hit some offshoot websites and stuff like mm-hmm. that that people are doing that, but that's that's kind of like you know rolling the dice a yeah. little. Well, why don't we do this? Why, why don't we come back, can. Chris? Why don't we come back from the break here? Because I know we want to go to sure. break. Let's talk a little bit about why that real estate agent, what value that agent adds with even going to a for sale by owner. All right, let's do that. Again, if you have a real estate question, call it in at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six or send us a text eight one eight zero seven. Light rain falling reported here in the Twin Cities. Our CCO temperature reading 65. And good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on CCO. Chris and Andy in studio uh, answering your questions. If you happen to have a uh, real estate question, call it in at 651-989-9226 or text it in, 81807. I know you wanted to jump in on another yeah. comment, but let's. Dave in Invergrove Heights has been waiting there. Dave, what's your question for the guy? Hey. 
Hey guys, and, and I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. The, the, the two wonderful realtors there, so don't take what I've got. <laughs> Not at all. All right, they're pretty. See, tough. This should be good. Hit the dump button. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now it's I'm thinking about putting a house on the market soon. I've done a little research and talked to people. You know, like everybody does, and I will eventually pick a realtor. Maybe even one of you guys. Okay, but. Like, am I understanding this correctly? The way I've been explained to me about commissions, and they can be flexible and whatnot, we're just talking about ballpark figure. How about this scenario? Let's say I hire one of you guys to list my house, market it, and you guys find the buyer. I would pay you, say, 3% as an example. Okay, just ballpark figure. Uh, that could be flexible, upper or lower. Okay, but now I hire you guys to market in my house. It goes on the MLS. And another realtor, of course, representing another person, sees it. They call you. You arrange a showing. And now between you two realtors and the negotiation that goes back and forth between buyers and sellers, they decide to buy my house. I've been told that all of a sudden now am I not only paying you, the guy that marketed my house, 3%, I'm paying the other realtor 3% and a total of 6%. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not paying for, I'll pay you guys to represent me and sell my house. I'm not paying the other person's realtor. They can pay their own realtor. Mm -hmm. So if somebody likes my house and wants to buy it and we can negotiate a price, I'll say, fine, I'll accept that price. I guess I have to say yes or no. You want my house bad enough? You're going to have to pay your own, pay my closing costs, which in my opinion is really their closing costs. In other words, they're paying their realtor and I'm paying my realtor. I'm not paying two people's realtors. All right, right. let's get a comment. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a. It's not the first time I've heard that either. Nope. Yep. Because it is, I mean, typically, historically, and probably. 99.9% 99.9% of the deals is mm-hmm. that the, the seller, it's a closing cost to the seller, yeah. the, the commission is. And then as that, what you're paying, and I, I mean, we can float numbers all we want, but mm-hmm. you're really paying the commission to the listing agent. Right. And then if there's another agent that's involved, they are giving a portion of that to the cooperating agent. Right. You know, So if it's kind of like, hey, it's, it's, it's 6%. But here's, here's the thing on that. That's where these for sale by owners, and Andy was kind of hitting mm-hmm. on that, that's where these come in. And it's kind of like, hey, you know what? The, I mean, typically the buyers don't have the cash to be able to pay the agent. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why they also ask for closing costs sometimes. Right. But it's all kind of in the price, you know, and, and what you think it's worth. But I just think that you might have, I mean, in our, in our MLS life here, I mean, if you, if you say, hey, you're paying out zero to somebody – an agent then goes to the buyer that it's just it's very unusual. But, hey, it happens because we represent buyers a lot on for sale by owners and we get paid. Yeah, you, you know, he uh, Dave is going to be swimming part. upstream a little bit because he's going to be ahead of the market. Like what, what I would say is this. I, I always tell everybody, if you have the skill set, you have the marketing savvy and you can sell your own house, you know how to write contracts, you know how to negotiate, you know how to get yourself in and out of the uh, inspections – you should sell your own house. I mean, why wouldn't you? If you've got the skill set, why pay somebody to do something you know how to do? On the other hand, what happens is there are networking, like Chris is always talking about, the the idea of getting the house in its best light, making sure that the photography, the marketing, everything is set up like, like Dave was saying. He goes, you know, I'll pay you guys to do that, but I don't want to pay out a buyer's agent. 
that's a commercial sale, kind of in a mindset, like where a lot of commercial sales are done that way, where they don't pay automatically. You have to be asked to be paid, or you have to have your seller building it on top of the price, and so you have to be careful with appraisals and everything else. But that's just an older way to do it. Our our industry with the cooperation or you know the cooperative um, broker reciprocity, as they call it, um, the listing agent lists the house out of commission to bring in the buyer. And in traditional markets, that is used as bait. It's almost like going fishing without any worm on your hook, Dave. I mean, if you go out there and you cast out, you got a blank hook. Sometimes you will catch a fish. But the guy like me that puts a little worm on it usually catches the fish first and, and brings it in, and my buyer moves on and takes advantage of low interest rates, buying power, yeah. and But it's all else. about positioning, too. And I think, you know, there's many, many times that uh, houses are going – Three to five percent over full price, mm-hmm. you know. So if a buyer was to come in and say, you know, and it says Dave's house is three hundred thousand, mm-hmm. they'd say, you know what? Hey, we'll go three ten and we'll pay our agent. Well, plus or the other, what's the other thing? Vice versa. I see this I'll all the time. Agent. I up at the uh, you know the lake. You see like cabins that'll say, oh, the neighbor's going up for sale for you know five hundred thousand. And the first thing they do is they say, well, you don't have an agent, so let's lower the price six percent. You yeah. know, because we're doing right. we're doing you know deal for deal, so you don't need to pay a commission. And the seller's thinking. Well, I'm giving it to you for 500. That's the deal. This is where the agent comes into play too, with being the translator between the two of them. And most agents are smart enough to recognize, hey, we have a buyer and a seller already here. The audience is there. Let's do it at a fair price to get both terms met, so both couples are happy or both people are happy. Mm-hmm. All right, tell you what, we have more show to come. We have about another half hour of the show. If you have a real estate question, call it in or text it in six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text, uh, meanwhile, is 81807. This is the Real Estate Show here on News Talk 830 WCC. Good morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show here on CCO. Chris and Andy in studio fielding your questions either by phone or by text. There is a line open if you want to call it in, 651-989-9226. And if it's easier, send a text, 81807. All right, let's pick up on maybe a couple of things well, you wanted yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, Dave from Invergrove Heights had a good question. I think a real yeah. logical question, you know. and uh, But the thing is he's got to kind of beat the norm doing it because it's just right. not what normally happens. Yep. But I'll tell you, I just had a, a client that had a home in Washington. They moved to Italy in the military, and then they moved mm-hmm. back here. And then uh, so we're talking and we're going through, you know, um, whatever, all the stuff. And they said, well, I mean – how, when do we pay you? How much do we pay you? And I said, right. well, no, because, but in Washington, I mean, that's what they dealt with over mm-hmm. there. And it was really? Washington or one of those places. But yeah. so in the other parts of the world, it's true. But do you remember when range pricing came here? Remember from, you don't remember that? Um, Prudential brought it here because California, and they, they brought out range pricing. What that says is that, hey, we think it's somewhere between 300 and 350. And they tried that for a while, if you don't remember. It was, yeah. And, uh, but it totally failed because no one understood it. And I think that's the same thing with someone, you know, paying that commission. But I think. I well, know. but, you know, Chris, how many times have you been out with that buyer and the buyer assumes they have to pay you? I mean, I hear, I hear it all the time, especially yeah. with new construction. They go, well, yeah. you know, we, we, don't, we don't want to pay a real estate agent to help us. And it's like, you know, that goes to show what is the role of the buyer's agent. And I think this is important for us to cover with people is that. Not only does the buyer's agent, like our first caller had today, she says, well, the agent's not finding my properties. I'd honestly say that's 10% of that agent's job. I mean, because the properties that are out there, you know, the for sale by owners, the different websites, there's, you're working as a team collaboratively to find that property. They're not paid for necessarily always being the finder, but what's happening is it's, it's their job to keep you in the loop with what's going on. And if you're not finding the resources you want, they should be helping you to find those resources. Writing contracts, negotiating the sale, 
actually working through all the home inspections, contingencies, appraisals, going through all of that is what you're really paying that person for. And in our industry, we've adapted the let's make it easy and pay the listing agent. The listing agent will pay me to take care of all of that on our side of the fence. Keeps negotiations separate. You know, dual agency is something that I've always, you know, struggled with because how do you truly represent anybody if you're representing everybody, you know? And so, yeah. And I think that, I mean, that comes back to, you know, the value. Right. And if that agent doesn't have any value, yeah, you should pay them. You know what I mean? If they're not bringing any value, why would you do it? Yeah. You know, so maybe it's done. I mean, I get phone calls. We do a lot of listings and um, I get phone calls and they they reiterate their, are you the listing agent? Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of we get the that a lot internet yep. is based on getting clicks. leads and clicks. And so what they'll do is they'll, you'll click on it and you think you're calling me to come look at my house. In reality, you're calling Andy, mm-hmm. you know, and Andy gets it. He, one of his agents comes out and be able, is able to show it. Mm-hmm. And so now people have kind of figured that out. And, and so you're now what they're in doing the driveway is, hey, and they get tired of that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, we had one, I mean, a perfect example that this happened and, uh, an agent came to meet this client at this house, over a million-dollar house, to be able to show it, sat there for an hour, and the people never showed up. You know, but, and I'm like, well, what the heck? Why didn't your client show up? Well, it's, it was an internet lead. You mm-hmm. know? Well, lo and behold, five days later, I get a phone call. That, that person who wanted to see it didn't want to go through that agent. They thought they were meeting the listing agent. Right. So, so Chris, what's the, uh, from a broker's perspective, what's the liability with a buyer? Because, I mean, you know, like, like we were talking with Dave again, and not to keep you know, talking about that same subject, but let's say that I'm representing Dave and I'm selling his house for 3% and I'm just representing just the seller side. And now an agent or a consumer comes to me and says, I don't want an agent. I want to buy direct. I have huge exposure as an agent now because with them not being represented, they actually under the law become kind of represented, if you will. And so talk about that a little bit. And why do I need to, you know, the, um, I don't want to say the liability, but it, it, let's say that something goes awry and, and everybody starts suing everybody. You can be sued in that situation. So you have to charge yeah. to cover your exposure, basically. Well, I, I get asked a lot when I'm listing a house that says, okay, we'll pay you this, but mm-hmm. if you have the buyer, then we want to pay less. And I always say, you know what? In reality, I should ask for more. Right. And the reason to ask for more, because it's way harder yeah. being that dual agent. Again, we can't discuss price terms or motivation on either buddy's part. Right. And you're kind of jockeying between the two. And what usually happens is that that person that's coming in there, they're trying to jockey that commission over to them. Right. You know, but the seller doesn't want to, I mean, it's, it's, but you know, here's crazy. the thing. I'll, I'll throw this out there and this, you know, a lot of people will roll their eyes when I say this. If you're sitting there and you're the, you're at the lake and your two neighbors want to buy each other's houses and the agent doesn't want to talk to you about it because they don't want to pay you 6% to sell the house. You don't have to pay uh, most agents that are, are, you know, common sense based. They'll come in and say, listen, let me write up that contract between the two of you for a small fee, a percentage or whatever. Or let's say it's 2500 bucks. I'll do all the paperwork. I do all the whatever. I have two small admin fees, and, and we save thousands of dollars. But we're still providing value. We're not, we don't need to charge for marketing. We don't need to charge for putting stuff out there, the brochures. Risk, risk versus so, reward. Yeah, really, exactly. And so you can, you, just so everybody listening understands that, real estate agents can be hired to do a plethora of different things at different adjustable rates. All right. Back to the phones we go. I think Diane is calling in from uh, Edina. Go ahead, Diane. Thank you. Well, well, that was very interesting what you just said, because I have a little cabin and my neighbors have. I'm a new widow and I can't keep it up. And so my neighbors have expressed interest, but they want to pay a contract for deed. Is that good, bad? Should I not do it? What? Okay. What a contract for deed is, is that you become the bank. 
Okay, and so they're they're going to pay you a down payment mm-hmm. and say you know whatever I mean your risk factor is. I mean it could be from five to twenty to thirty percent, and then they're going to make payments to you. Um, there might be some advantages tax wise mm-hmm. to not take all that money at once and maybe have it as income dependent on your income bracket, which you'd have to talk to an accountant. But uh, the the other thing is is now if they don't make a payment, then you can foreclose on them. You know, and then it takes about sixty days to do it, but you got to get them out there. But there's a lot of, it's it's and that's it's not, a lot more limited on the buyer side, yeah. uh, because they have to say, hey, if I'm going to fix something, you, we put a dollar amount in there that says, hey, you can't do anything over two thousand dollars. Because remember, if they do something that's over over that amount mm-hmm. and they don't pay for it, it becomes a lien against the property, and you're stuck sure. with it. So let's give Diane some advice on that. What do you think a decent down payment would be in that situation? And then what would you do to screen that buyer to make yourself feel confident? If I was Diane, what would you do to feel confident in that buyer's ability to perform? Right. I think the first thing you got to ask is why do you need a contract for deed? Right. You know, because typically people need a contract for deed because they can't get a loan. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe their credit is bad or maybe they don't have enough money to put down. Right. And so, I mean, there's your risk. But, I mean, on a contract for deed and that something that I'm not l- watching over, I mean, this sounds like a cabin at somewhere mm-hmm. else. I mean, I'd want at least 20%. Yeah, I've seen people work with as little as 10. I mean, some as little as five. But, I mean, you get under that, you're crazy. I just – I wouldn't take the risk because foreclosing on somebody probably is going to cost you five to $15,000. To get them out in the end. Yeah. And then what did they do to the property in the meantime? Right, in the meantime for damages. And so it, and it's actually – when you're doing it as a contract for deed, the foreclosure process is a lot faster, easier, cheaper than it is if you're actually a filed, you know, first lien mortgage position bank. Um, it's a different um, set of rules. But – Still, I wouldn't be afraid of a contract for deed if you if you really believe in the buyer and the deposit's decent and you have the terms. Everything should be up front, including the exit strategy. Right. When are we closing this? What are the terms? What are the payments? And, go and, and milestone stuff, you know, because if they're trying to get financing, mm-hmm. maybe you check their credit at some point. If they, right. hey, we want three years because on a contract for deed, it doesn't have to be for 30 years. Right. They can say, hey, we can amortize it over 30 years so the payments stay low. Mm-hmm. But then there's typically a balloon payment. Right. So you get 20%. They're paying you interest on the money for three years. And then all of a sudden they pay you off the rest. So there is some the estate planning that could go along with that. But mm-hmm. whatever you do, work with someone that has um, that knows about contract for deeds or have an attorney yeah. do that for sure. Because, yeah, Diane was saying that she's a, a new widower. So she probably has some estate you know, challenges, unless that's all cleared out. But, I mean, check with an attorney. Okay. Thanks, Diane. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's the phone number. Text number. Meanwhile, eight one eight zero seven. Did you say we we're going to talk about something after the first break? Yeah, that we've I never talked I... about. What was it? Do you remember? I don't know, Jenny. You're supposed to remember. No, that. you're the smart one here. You're the <laughs> iron trap. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we were yeah. talking about what what's the what is what does a buyer agent really do for somebody yeah. when they're well, we in? And that. I think we yeah. Thank you. Yep. You did. You did really good, Andy. How about uh, text messages? Um, how much does the species in a lake influence lakeshore prices? And talking to a fisherman probably quite a bit. Yeah. You can catch walleyes off the dock. That ups your value a couple hundred grand. No. Right. They might be talking invasive species as well. You know, And obviously well, anything true. like that, I mean, in a, in a house, if you mm-hmm. have a, a, an issue, it's going to become a problem. But then yep. people start justifying it. Well, you I know. got a couple of buddies up on Gull Lake, and they're like, you know, a couple of years back, they were all concerned about the uh, zebra mussels. And now they're like, this lake has never looked better. It's clean. It's clear. But now they're starting to feel the effects, though, of, and I'm not a biologist, but I mean, the, 
the micro level of the lake is starting to suffer now, which they say will start, you know, slowing down fish populations because the little fish can't eat. And then, you know, eventually it, it slows your fishing production, your fish production down. Um, but they've said that they haven't seen that yet. They actually have had better luck with fishing this year. Yeah. And the lake is clearer and it's uh, so, you know. Interesting. Yep. It is interesting, really. All right, listen, uh, let's take a quick break. And finding again, our listeners, if you have a real estate question, call it in or text it in here on CCO. And welcome back to the Real Estate Show. Again, if you have a real estate-related question, you can call it in or text it in. The text number is 81807, phone number 651-989-9226. Here again, Chris and Andy. Yeah, I tell you, we've been we've been talking about a lot about how the agent gets compensated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, in, in the industry, I think that's a... Uh, Real like almost taboo. You don't want to talk about how you get paid, and it's like there's nothing wrong with getting paid if you're doing right. the right thing. You know, we're, I know we we had a call, and uh, we probably spent more time on uh, this call than we've done any calls. But there's a lot of pieces to it, and uh, the the thing is, is that there's there's ways in which to position your house. I think maybe another way to look at it is, you know, hey, it's it's about what I'm going to get. You know, mm-hmm. let's concentrate on getting your house maximum ability. Position it right mm-hmm. to be able to get the most money out of it. There's value in that. Right. So if I can make you more money, so say that, you know, for me to get you 3%, maybe if I made you 3% more, would you give me 3% more? So maybe it's it's 6% more. Now, you can say, oh, how would we even know if that's if that's right or not? And you don't. You don't know that. And you don't know if it's going to happen. But there's some, there's some things that you, we put in place and be able to tell you, hey, Here's what we can do. I mean, well, pricing. Chris, I'll be honest with you. In good markets, it's sometimes really difficult for people to pay commissions. I mean, when they think, oh, my household in two seconds, what does that matter? Why did I need to pay? I I get that. That's human nature to have that conversation, right? It's just what you have to do is be able to demonstrate what they did for you and then being able to – and if they, if they don't add the value, why have them? But on the other hand, the market turns on you. And let's say that now you've got an agent that's been – you know, trying to help you sell your house. And now they've spent six months instead of six hours selling your house. Should you pay them more? Yeah, exactly. Most people don't. So then unfortunately what happens is you have to play the statistics. And we talk about that hot markets and cold markets. You sell one house in three days. It takes you three months to sell another one. And there's three times the expenses into it. But here's the thing too, is that Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than listing your house and letting it sit on the market forever. It's horrible. I mean, we've all done it, our personal sales. And I always think Mm -hmm. about that and I say, Hey, if you want to make your bed every day and put the dishes away and make sure your your stove is clean for two years, you know, that's fine. We can we can try at, at this price. And it's it's not fun to be ready at any time for a showing. Mm-hmm. And then typically if it sits for a while, you're not ready for a showing. So when it comes and people aren't like, hey, you know what, we'll give you a week and we'll come out there. Right. They don't do that. They call in the morning. They want to be there at one thirty. So if then, you miss it, you know. So then, why would I not call somebody and say, "I want to take advantage of your guaranteed offer, so I don't have to list your house"? Yeah, and it just costs you more money. It, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the other side of it. So I mean, because I get asked that question constantly. Like everybody's offering guaranteed offers now. What does that mean? And I said the first question I'd ask the person is, "How many houses did you buy on your guarantee?" Oh, really? You listed seven hundred houses last year. You didn't even guarantee one of them. I mean, that's that's an interesting conversation to be had because technically that's bait and switch. But uh, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, I mean, it, as yeah. a listing agent, I mean, when you look at that, you know, what's the advantage, and then what do they actually offer you? At some point in time, this is all. All of those programs are going to get exposed by somebody. Somebody's going to spend the time to say, "Hey, all of these companies went out there. They make their offers off what they say is market value, but what is market value?" It's what the market's willing to pay. But they're saying we're going to take a 12% or a 15 or 18% discount off of that. And it's like, I'm telling you, man, there is so much equity, I think, being left on the table by those people that choose that program. 
you but know? for some people, but it's a it right works fit. For you, them. you keep telling me that. I know I that, but still, but this whole conversation today has been about commissions and whatever else. And right. so I'm assuming that the listeners that are listening to us are, are conscious of that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and, but you're also conscious of, hey, I want to get the heck out of here and I want it done. You know, and I'm out of here in three weeks. I but mean, I hear 60, some of these programs. A, hey, yeah. we'll close and we'll close whenever you want to close. There's some value to that as well. But your three hundred thousand dollar house, you take a sixty thousand dollar bath. Maybe. Yeah. I think that's crazy. I'd rather sit on that house for a year. But it's individual. I mean, that's one of the first questions I always ask yeah, people God bless when, America, I, when I go right? in and talk to a seller is that what what are you looking to do? Because I'll tell yeah. you what. I've had those conversations before, and we didn't know what they wanted to do. Right. And they didn't tell us what they're doing. All of a sudden, they're getting foreclosed on, and they didn't tell us. And so now it's kind of like, hey, we got to work together here mm-hmm. you know, and be able to do it. And we've got people that, hey, they want to be able to sell. I know that. I, I'm trying yeah. to do that. I'm trying to get the most that we can for it. But then there's sometimes it's like, hey, if that's not what it is and you want to be able to buy out. I, I've bought – I've purchased many homes yeah. you know, that my clients have, but it's been, hey – Here's the story, man. I'm getting it for this. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make this. And you got to, but you know, but be you're a consumer advocate, I think, and that's the difference. When people meet somebody like you, they know that you actually care about them and that their best interest. Wow, <laughs> he's laughing. No, <laughs> oh, it's true. People listen. He's I being nice. This is just weird. no. I, no, it's true though. I mean, because I do the same thing. I care about the person first and getting them from point A to point B. And oh, by the way, yeah, it's nice to get paid for what we do. But the point of it is, is we're not leading with that. We're not a. It's not all about the money. It's more about the journey. Good point. 651-989-9226. Uh, in the meantime, text uh, number 81807. Yeah. No, this is, uh, I mean, interesting. Are you sweating too? A little. <laughs> no. No, but I think it is good things to talk about. And no, I think I'm just these kidding. are These are pe- questions people should ask. I mean, you should explore your options. You know, yeah. I always say that, hey, get other agents. No problem with that, yep. you know, and then figure out which ones, what works best for you, you know. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, you, you, you said something before, and I agree because I think the biggest thing that you're paying an agent for mm-hmm. is that before you meet them and after it closes because get it, positioning the house and knowing what things are going for and what buyers are looking for, mm-hmm. making the right moves to be able to get this house on the market to get the most money you can. Mm-hmm. Because it's proven over and over and over and over again that if you can get an offer at the beginning, you're going to typically make more money. Right. Okay. Yep. So you're so it's good to be able to, to do it right and then get the offer. That okay, we've got that. But now it's like keeping the deal together till the end. That doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. There's appraisal issues. There's a lot of stuff that happens. But then it's like protecting them after it closes, mm-hmm. and. And protecting them after it closes is what you did all before that. You let it yep. all up to that point to be able to do it. And then you can't just throw that to the side because yeah. at that time, from a seller perspective, you mm-hmm. have no leverage. You always had, hey, I'm not going to close. Right. You know? But once you close, they can come after you sure. for anything. Well, and I, you know, unfortunately this year we've had a couple of them where that's happened, where there's been insurance claims after the, my sellers have closed where there's you know a leak in the ceiling and then there's a, uh, the floor floods in the basement and the early spring flooding and all of a sudden you have people questioning the integrity of the seller and wanting to be compensated and so all of a sudden they revisit the disclosure statement they look for and they create all this evidence and they want some big profound you know settlement and it just isn't there but in the meantime you're wasting 40 50 60 hours of your time helping that client which is beyond the sale as we said and so that's where the value of a true a professional agent can help out too is that you know if you recognize what they're doing they're not getting represented for or they're not getting paid for their the time that they're representing you after that close 
because they're true professionals and it's I, their job. I think it's kind of interesting. It's too, not required, because, but it's, I mean, even even myself, I had an apartment building, and it's not what I do every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's also when I'm uh, kind of on that side, it makes it harder to negotiate from a you know a seller and an agent. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about commission. I paid out a six percent commission to a total different company to be able to sell my apartment building. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. They got me a lot more than I ever thought I would got get, uh, right. would have had, and so it was worth it to me. That was you know? a that was a good investment, Chris. Yeah, it was, and it was. I mean that that money that I paid, which was a, I mean a lot of money, it was probably one hundred and twenty grand. Mm-hmm. You know, probably made me almost three hundred grand. Wow. So yeah, it was a it was good. And you made me buy breakfast. <laughs> and next week. Say, <laughs> listener, a texter said that it's good to hear you guys disagree. We get both sides of an issue. Yeah. Well, that's that's the idea of the show is that we want to be fair and open about what's out there because, you know, like, like we've said, you know, demonstrating what's reality and what's the truth and, and what's happening sometimes are all different stories, right? So, you know, every has this perception that it's a timeshare sales kind of situation where you walk in and you're going to get sucked in and you got to sign today. That's not the case at all. I mean, you know, most of the people that I spend time with, I like to have a couple meetings where we spend the time researching and understanding what project they want us to do. Then we come back and make suggestions based on our past experience and what we know about the industry. And so when you take that approach to it, a more of a consultive approach, I think, or an educative, you know, like we've talked about this being more of a, the the agents that are more uh, of a teacher in today's market, I always do a lot better. Yeah, I think so. And I think people, you know, we have all the information at our fingertips, but to disseminate that and kind of like take a peek at it and then kind of break it down, what it really means, Mm -hmm. I think is a a whole different thing that you need a professional to be able to help you with that. Well, yeah, and they're not going to pressure you in anything. They'll explain it, you know, front to back and... All right. I'll be figured out. Well, why don't you guys come back next week and disagree some more? Would you do that? <laughs> we'll do it all week long. Okay. If he buys breakfast. You're yeah. practicing. All right. Well, thanks. Good to see you. We'll, uh, we'll be back, of course, next week here on CC with more of the uh, real estate show. Keep in mind, you can always uh, send us a, a text or call us with those real estate questions during the show. And uh, so we'll see the guys. See you back here next week. Next week, by the way, we'll be uh, hanging out at the booth at the Minnesota State Fair during the Back to the 50s. We'll talk to you then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.